everyone, and welcome to episode 52 of the High Sensitivity Gaming Podcast. If it's your first time here, we talk about games and movies we watched over the week and news pertaining to those topics as well. My name is Barry with my co-host. My name is Craig. And let's get into the news, which there isn't a lot of games we played, so I literally went through all of gaming news <laughs> and I like wrote down every <laughs> single story. So I have, we're... I have a few. You probably have a lot more than I do. I didn't dive as deep as you did. But uh, I'll let you go first. Uh, first one I have is Microsoft is in talks to purchase Discord for $10 billion. That's a lot of money. And didn't they just spend a lot of money on Bethesda? Yeah, $7.5 billion is what the uh, was the rumor for yeah. what was supposed to uh, Bethesda was supposed to be bought for. It's uh, interesting. I know everybody's been wanting Discord on console forever. So them buying it, that'd be pretty cool, I guess. Just kind of yeah. integrate it all into one. Yeah, and a little bit more backstory there. Uh, there are rumors that this company is looking to either sell or go public. Mm-hmm. So one, Epic Games and Amazon had similar talks with Discord, but Discord still decided not to uh, not to sell. But maybe Microsoft with ten billion makes it <laughs> seem maybe makes it seems as such. There were reports earlier in the year that or like in 20 around 2019 that it was actually it's not like a super profitable business to make discord which was a surprise to me because discord is the biggest like game chat thing for people with pcs and even people who don't game have discord in order to be able to have meetings over um almost like a zoom thing where you know you're having meetings with a company or you're talking with people with video on discord can hold that so it's kind of surprised but then since the pandemic their value in this uh, program rose exponentially because everybody's at home and doing all of this video chatting uh, and talking and everything like that. So there's a little bit of a backstory for it. Like me personally, I don't think uh, I don't want Xbox to be sorry. I don't want discord to be sold to Xbox one, because that means kind of Xbox has more of a monopoly on the, game chat for xbox and game chat for pc mm-hmm. and that's great and all but then i have a feeling that it's going to run into problems with it, it wouldn't in when i was talking to my friends about this story it i they're all saying oh it, it would improve game chat and that's not really how it's going to work the game chat is run not really through xbox it's run through the company themselves right that you know made that game so i don't think it would help game chatting at all like sure it might be a little bit more of an easier process because people know how to use discord but i'm interested to see what they do i hope discord just decides to decides to go public and you know if they open a stock you know that might be we're not you know professionals here or anything but that might be a good one to get into yeah for sure it seems like microsoft's just in the process of buying literally everything right now i guess if you can't beat them just buy everything (laughs) yeah and and speaking of that uh, what i'll go is into that is xbox is also supposed to be having a game uh showcase on friday Mm -hmm. and i from what i've been reading it's not to expect anything big which is kind of surprising from them because like the major thing about xbox is that there's no really games to play that are exclusive or that make the xbox want to you right now a lot of people want ps5s over xboxes and xbox should be doing their best to work the narrative in the other direction which it just doesn't seem to be really doing right now yeah so you know big hopes maybe we do get something about halo infinite which you know we haven't heard of in a while and if they want to start hyping up the game for especially this holiday season it may be a good idea to start doing that now and there was rumblings earlier this week or late last week about it possibly being delayed again into uh, 2022 so we'll see man i don't know if they can afford that <laughs> they yeah, no. of course they can afford it it's microsoft but right. still that that's that's pretty bad mm-hmm. my next news story is going to be amazon is opening up a new studio uh led by the rainbow six siege developers if I read the story and I just shook my head inside a little bit because if we learned anything from Amazon, they're just going to literally cut anything and just de- de- dissolve studios if they end up not making something like well enough for it to sell. So I'm just kind of interested to see what goes on with the studio because Rainbow Six Siege is still a very popular game and one of the most popular 
concurrent multiplayer games that you can play. But, you know, Amazon hasn't really released any crazy good games that you have to have. So I'm I'm interested to see what this does, but I don't expect much. Yeah, they have a bad track record with making their own games, so I'm not going to hope for anything. Plus, I'm not a big Rainbow Six fan, so it depends on what it is. You would imagine it'll probably be some type of online multiplayer shooter that they're going to be going for. So the last one they did came out, then went back into beta, I think. I forget what that game was called, but like they released it, then they pulled it back. I don't even know where it's at now, if it's still a thing or not. I'm not sure. Yeah, we we would have to do more research. Mm-hmm. We'll have that for the next podcast for sure. Uh, next up, I have a bunch of dates for movies coming out in the theaters and Disney Plus, which is kind of cool. Um, we got uh, Black Widow July 9th um, will be in theaters, but also on uh, Disney Plus as premiere. So that means it's $30. Um, side note, are you going to pay $30 for Black Widow? I probably will. I've been excited for Black Widow mm-hmm. and. I really kind of hate the fact that it's been delayed this long yeah. just because you uh, and we don't know the specifics of why it was delayed, but we're going to go with that. It was probably because the movie theaters were closed and they wanted to make as much money as possible. Yep. And they probably had did this now because they probably got the numbers of how many people bought like Raya and the last dragon on premiere plus and yep. went, well, if we separate the two and make it available on both ends maybe we make up our money there so that's my thing yeah i think by july you'll have a lot of people who are probably willing to go to the theaters i would think especially with the way like vaccines are going right now so i think it's best of both worlds right if you want to stay home you pay the 30 dollars, and disney's still making a decent amount of money off of that but you'll still have that option to go see it in theaters too um, and then they had two more cruella is going to be may 8th also 30 dollars if you want to watch it on disney plus and then Pixar's next movie, Luca, uh, June 18th, also $30 if you want to watch it at home. So I'll probably watch all three of these at home. We'll see. Um, but uh, I do want to get back to the theaters. But it's just so convenient to sit at home and watch it. It really is. I can't like it's hard to me as much as I love the theaters. If they're giving me the option, it's hard for me to say no to watching it in my own house. Yeah, really, the only one I might just kind of sit on would be Cruella. Like, mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with, you know, 101 Dalmatians and loving it or anything like that as a child. So Cruella really doesn't interest me as much. Mm-hmm. But definitely Black Widow and Luca. I will probably yeah. be day wanting those if, if possible. Yeah, but those are the three movie ones I had. All right, I'll go over uh, with you doing those three. I'm going to go over the Square Enix Presents, which was a... Pretty much just Square Enix presenting what projects they've been working on. So let me just see here. I'm trying to find my talking points here. There we are. Square Enix went ahead. And if we remember Project Athia, I think it was called. I'm looking at it and it's kind of hard to pronounce. Mm -hmm. It is a game for PS5 and PC, but the title has now been changed to Forspoken, which is quite ominous. I when I first read this, I thought it said Forsaken, and I went, really, they can do that? And then it was Forspoken. We're interested to see what's going on, but it's not available for Xbox. Mm-hmm. It's PS5 and PC, which it seems to be Square Enix. There has to be some sort of data Square Enix has that goes, okay, a lot of our games are selling well on PS5 and not as well yep. on Xbox. Yep. We have Black Panther coming to Marvel Avengers later this year, which it's not going to save that game. Nope. Sorry. As much <laughs> as Crystal Dynamics, you know, as much as we really wanted this game to be good, it's not going. It's I don't think it's going to save it. Nope. The next episode of Life is, Life is Strange is coming fall 2021 with a trailer released. And Tomb Raider Definitive Edition is bundling all three of their games. There was no announcement date. I imagine it's going to be this holiday season. But... If you're looking for an all-in-one package, then this is going to be a really good way to experience all three. But I was thinking about it and remembering Shadow of the Tomb Raider was like 50 gigs. And Mm -hmm. if they're bundling all three of these games, like there has to be an option to install one, but then not install the other two or something like that. Because unless you have the space for it, which if you're on a PlayStation, let's be honest, you don't have the space. Yep. for any for any more games so you have to you have to be careful what you download and that that game i would have to be is upwards of 100 gigs if you decide to, to download it all at once they had a uh, a message i saw earlier i think it might have been like friday or saturday of last week about uh it being like 20 dollars for a certain amount of time 
like a, for the first maybe couple weeks or something, it would be nineteen oh, ninety nine. So that's okay. not a bad deal getting all three yeah. of those. I really like those games a lot. Even the last one, which most people weren't really a fan of and was my least favorite of the three, I still think is a good game. So if it's $20, that's a no brainer, in my opinion, if you haven't played. I, I absolutely agree. I would probably take advantage of that, too. Yep. Now, uh, here, I'll just do another one that sure. I have. Media Molecule Media Molecule Studio is going to receive a major award from BAFTA, and this award is contributing to those who make major contributions to their field, and it is given to the director, and I'm really sorry if I butcher this name, Siobhan Reddy. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, yeah, so she's the director for Media Molecule, and if you don't know, Media Molecule is the one that made the first couple Sackboy games, 1, 2, and 3, and they most recently made the hit dreams which is the kind of create your own game create your own story type of thing that everybody was loving because of the way it lets you create really anything you want so really good for them media molecule as far as i know is a pretty small studio and this just looks good for sony again Mm -hmm. it's just the way it is for for a lot of this stuff is that if 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 you're if if your game studios are winning awards, you're going to look you, you look better as a platform. Mm-hmm. Um, last one that I have is Xbox Live is changing its name to Xbox Network, continuing the pattern of Microsoft confusing everybody with their naming system. <laughs> I don't I mean, I guess they're trying to go towards a unified look here, maybe involving Game Pass or something down the line. But I don't. it's just going to confuse people for now. I would assume then like going to the store you're, if you still purchase like those Xbox Live cards, you're going to be like, where are the Xbox Live cards? What are these Xbox Network cards? What's this the difference? This isn't what I want. Right. What's the difference between Xbox Network and Game Pass Ultimate? What do I do? So again, like whoever is in charge of naming things at Microsoft needs to be fired <laughs> <laughs> or at least needs to figure out a better way of doing things. Yeah, I'm interested to see whether or not this becomes something bigger, like whether or not they're going to start putting maybe all of their Xbox. It would make sense if they had more peripherals other than just like the Series X consoles. Like it would make sense if, you know, everything was under the one banner of Xbox Network, but it doesn't look like they don't they really don't have anything other than gaming. Mm -hmm. So I'm I don't know what's going to become of this and what made them think, oh, we need to change it because I I can't wait for all the online com- <clears throat> all the online comments about how you know some kid asked their grandparents for Xbox Live but then the grandparent went I didn't know <laughs> what it was it's all of them say Xbox Network now yep it's going to be confusing for everybody but maybe so, they have a grand plan in place and we'll see it you know sometime soon but yeah would be cool if they did it at the Friday Xbox game mm-hmm. showcase that would yep. be help- helpful to them I'll go over a couple of the smaller things that uh, happened this week. One, Last of Us HBO is going to be a retelling of the first game, but it's going to have some major like differences in side plots. So we're going to get to see a retelling of the first game in this kind of storytelling way with episodic series. But there's also going to be a lot of these side stories that aren't from the game. So the, Neil Druckmann is someone who's working on this with HBO. So I'm going to go with that these side stories are probably going to be pretty good and probably yeah. approved by um, Naughty Dog themselves. Yeah, I'm excited. I think a TV show is probably the better way to go rather than trying to fit this into a two-hour movie or hour, 45-minute movie. I'm real excited to see how it turns out. Same here. I think the actors they got will be good for it. And as I just hope it doesn't become something like the walking dead, like the walking dead never really hit it for me. And maybe it's because I'm not into like the walking dead comic or anything like that. But I really hope that, you know, you have all these, you have two really good actors that I think will do a really good job of bringing that story to life and yeah. maybe getting a whole new generation of people to try out your video game. Right. I mean, it, it has all the makings to be like a new, walking dead honestly it's got the same premise pretty much but we'll see we then have monster hunter rise reviews coming in and if you're kind of on the fence about the game it's being generally reviewed very well and one of the big points i got from watching like four or five reviews of the game is that this game is 
faster than what uh, Monster Hunter World was. There are these new like zipline bugs that allow you to kind of control animals, which I think is cool. It allows you to zip a, zip across planes a lot faster, which is something that maybe if I had a complaint about World, that would be one of them because the game can kind of go slow the way your character runs is slow. And I think for Switch, going fast is probably the best option for a lot of people. So I'm excited for Monster Hunter Rise. That comes out this Friday. And I'm, with good reviews, I'm more at peace. I was really afraid that people were going to tell us that this game's going to run bad, which is still yet to be seen. But I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, the one review I read... Uh, like an hour ago, I had it at a 9 out of 10. So that's pretty impressive. I didn't expect it to be that high. Neither did I. But at least uh, it, it seems like this um, this Monster Hunter built for Switch is also going to continue to get more updates. So that it's, it's kind of, I think it's going to be one of the first games that we see that really get a lot of updates and a lot of support. Because the team that made Monster Hunter World, you know, was supporting Monster Hunter World for years after the game was done. So I'm excited to see kind of this evolving world where it's going to probably more content is going to probably be dropped down the line and you're still going to find yourself having fun with, it. I am excited for this game. It's just too bad. I really don't have anybody to play with. I'll be playing this one most likely by myself. <laughs> yeah. Cause I don't know many people that have a switch that are going to be getting this game. Yeah, definitely not me. It's not my game. I know that. Yeah. We have uh, Nintendo announcing a partnership with Pikmin and the creators of Pokemon Go Niantic. So expect a weird... <laughs> I, I don't know what this game looks like. Like if if you're unfamiliar with the Pikmin franchise, you pretty much take control of two of these astronaut explorers named Olimar and I think the other one's Alf. And you collect these Pikmin thing and some of them are red, some of them are yellow, some of them are purple, and they all have different properties to them. For example, red is resistant to fire where yellow is resistant to electricity. But I really don't know how you're going to make this like a mobile game. Like unless you're out collecting these, you would have to be playing the game and collecting these Pikmin as you're walking. And then maybe there's a collectible on the ground that if you have enough Pikmin, you can get it. I feel like that's what it has to be. Yeah. Cause that's what, that's the only thing I can think of for for a Pikmin mobile game. I just don't think Pikmin has the same draw, right, as a Pokemon. No, not so, nearly. Right. Not nearly. So it'll be interesting to see if people actually play this. Yeah, and I'm interested to see as well. I you really I know Niantic, I think, also made the Harry Potter game, which mm -hmm. you really don't hear a lot about anymore. Like it's still Pokemon Go is what a lot of people are still playing to this day. Yep. So I'm, you know, Pokemon had the name in the draw, but, you know, Harry Potter is very big and I imagine people are still playing it, but there's just definitely not as much yeah. to it as I think people were hoping for. I mean, I'll at least download the Pikmin game, whatever it is, and try it out, but I don't know if I'll stick with it. Yeah. We then have Shin Megami Tensei 3 Remaster will be arriving in May, which is sort of late in my opinion because the new Shin Megami Tensei game that should be coming out for Switch is supposed to come out later this year. So you're going to get a remaster of three and then you're going to go probably get five during the holiday season. And just in case people don't know, Shin Megami Tensei is pretty much from the creators of Persona. If you watch the trailer, you're going to see a lot of similarities there. So if you're interested, this might be a good jumping point into the Shin Megami Tensei series there. The Shin Megami Tensei series is a lot darker. A lot of the Persona games take place in schools and you know building up relationships where shin megami tensei is more like apocalyptic dark sort of thing so if you're okay with that then maybe this will be the game for you we'll see gotham knights has been delayed to 2022 which kind of sucks but i i kind of expected that uh with this game people are excited for it of course because it's going to be a more online cooperative batman style of game which i think will work over well and be a lot of fun but they Warner Brother Games also just needs to get this game right. Yep. Uh, so if they delay it, that's fine. I've got no problem with that. Yeah, it was one of the ones I was looking forward to this year, but I'd rather have them make the game actually work than force it out in the, this year. So I'll wait. And then Sony buys Evo, which is a uh, kind of a bigger fighting tournament. And fighting tournaments were on the rise and have seemed to plateau a lot, especially with stuff like Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. 
but I'm really interested to see if something becomes of this where Sony does do a decent amount of fighting games and, you know, Grand Blue Fantasy Versus, which is my favorite fighting game for, of last year. So I'm interested to see what Sony does with Evo and whether or not it's just going to be Sony just plastering their name all over it to hype up, you know, consoles, new games, that type of thing. But that was yeah, my be, last news story. It could be interesting. I mean, Evo, I Evo is like the only thing I watch, right? <laughs> um, I think I think it's what a lot of people yeah. know and watch. Yeah, right. So that should be interesting to see what they do with that. I just assume it'll be at Sony everywhere, like Sony yeah. all over the place, plastered. <laughs> <laughs> so that so was your last go, one? Yeah. Okay. We, 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 I was able to burn 20 minutes into the news, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see how much games takes up. Okay. Uh, with games this week, I will be talking about a lot of stuff that I previously played that I started picking back up. So do, do you want to start or you want me to start? Um, I can. I checked out uh, Empire of Sin this week, which they dropped on Game Pass. I think it came out a couple months ago. Um, looked like a kind of like a top down Diablo style um, mafia. mafia. Yeah, um, it seems OK at first. I still need to play some more of it to really get a better understanding of if I like it or not. But there's a heavy emphasis on not just like walking around and, and killing people. When you do get into fights, it is turn-based, which is a little weird from a top-down view. But uh, it's more of an emphasis on taking over buildings and then deciding what you want that building to be, if you want it to be like a speakeasy or a bar or whatever, and then you get you know your money from that, and then you're going out and taking out other rival gangs. Um, it's an interesting game that I haven't really tried before. Um, so I do want to give it some more time. It just originally when i first started playing it i was like oh this is not what i expected at all out of this game but there's a ton of different characters to choose from um they all have different specials and abilities and that kind of stuff that they can do um some are more melee based long range all that kind of stuff so it is on game pass you can try it out if you have game pass for free um but it doesn't seem too terrible so far i know it's getting it got good reviews so yeah, I was recently watching a video from Scott the Waz about like the four year anniversary of the Nintendo Switch, and it was a long video, so it took me a couple of days to watch it. Mm-hmm. But he mentioned how like Empire of Sin was announced on the Switch, and it got me interested in the game. Like, I want to be more interested in Mafia games just because I thought like I think they're so much fun. They they have the potential to be really good, mm-hmm. and I'm going to I am going to one day once I start <laughs> emptying out my backlog. Yep is I want to play uh, the Mafia Definitive Edition and maybe get into more of those storytelling Mafia games to see how it goes. Yeah. But until then, we uh, I'm going to have to wait because for me, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm tackling a lot of my back, my yeah. backlog here. So the first game I'll talk about here is actually Sackboy A Big Adventure, and I got it based off of your recommendation. Mm-hmm. Got a little bit farther into it. I haven't gotten to the music levels yet, but it, it's kind of strange going from this playing Balland and let me I'm going to get it right this time it's Wonderworld actually. I've been calling it Wonderland and when I watched a trailer for Balland it's Wonderworld. So, coming from the simplicity of, you know, Wonderworld is what I'm going to call it from here on out is Sackboy looks so much better. <laughs> <laughs> the on a PS5 like Sackboy looks like a knitted doll toy and it's actually really cool. I'm having a lot of fun with it. It's a it's a lot more interactive and fun than I was having with Balland. And don't worry, I'm still going to get the game Come, comes out this <laughs> Friday. I'm going to have a busy weekend for sure. And we'll, yeah. we'll get into that. But I've been having this urge to play a 3D platformer. And I really know I should probably just play the 35th anniversary of Mario mm-hmm. because that that would make sense for me to do is because I love Super Mario Galaxy. But the thing is, is. Right now for my Switch, it's a Bravely Default machine. I'm just continuing to try to continue to get through Bravely Default 2. But when I go on my PS5, you know, it's nice to go into something like this. And I really wish I... This is honestly probably a game you should get at launch mm-hmm. for PS5. Um, one reason, for example, is the fact that it's just a pretty good platformer and it's fun. Two, there's local co-op. So you can play with a friend, a brother, or a parent or something like that. Three, there's online. So all th- it, it reminds me of kind of the hectic that you could produce with Super Mario 3D World, 
but it I don't see how you could really kind of mess your friends up when playing Sackboy a big adventure in Super Mario 3D World you know you could turn the car the wrong way and everybody falls off or you can throw them off the edge and you know be an annoyance and be the be the chaotic one in a group I don't see how you could do that in Sackboy but it looks so good and it looks like it's gonna it, it, it looks like it's gonna be a lot of fun I'm really I'm really glad that I got this game eventually I should have gotten it at launch that's cool I'm glad you're liking it I had a ton of fun with it and I didn't go through and get like you can get like three I forget what they're called like the orbs or whatever in each level and then there's secrets you can get I didn't go back and get all of them but like even just playing through it and doing all the levels it was such a blast like I had such a good time it took me about maybe about a week to get through everything, maybe a little less, but definitely worth it. hundred percent a game you should be picking up. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, And then the other one I started was Undertale because I figured it's one that I should probably play um, considering how much people, you know, raise this game up. Um, I'm still pretty early in the game. I had played it originally on the PC, but I didn't play very much. So I'm now playing on the Xbox again. It's on Game Pass, so. Uh, free to download but uh so far i need to play more but like for me personally i'm not seeing what makes it stand out to me um i know the idea of like you can play the game and like defeat all the enemies if you want but really they don't want you to do that they want you to talk to them when you're fighting and then spare them um, which is an interesting concept but i guess i'm just kind of waiting for something to hook in and be like, oh, this is why everybody loves this game. I just haven't gotten there yet. So I'm going to keep plugging away at that, too. Um, but so far, I'm just kind of like a meh about it. Um, I want to like it. Like, I want to yeah. have the yeah. same experience everybody did, but I'm just not getting it yet. Have you played it at all or not? I never played Undertale. Okay. Like that, that you would think that kind of combat would interest me, mm-hmm. but I watched so many playthroughs and so many different ways to play Undertale. I feel like I have played it without, yeah, without playing it at all because I had watched YouTubers do a no kill run, right? I'd watch YouTubers do a, an all kill run, and you know, what's I, I guess what makes Undertale unique is the way you play the game will change you know, the way the entire world reacts around you, which ghost tsushima kind of does with the Mm -hmm. terrify feature but in undertale if you go around killing everybody eventually everybody's going to fear you yeah and if you save everybody instead you're going to get this nice happy ending that kind of thing on undertale i know the music is great and i know the game itself is very good but i feel like if you didn't with me watching other people play it i kind of know how to do a lot of the strategies that you know maybe that's where the fun comes in right is how do you get this person how do you not kill um or what's most effective into getting an enemy to fall to you so there's there's a lot of different things that i think is fun if you're playing it for the first time kind of going in blind right but that's not something i can really do because i've watched so many people play it yeah i never really watched anybody play it i just always constantly heard everybody being like oh man undertale is great I loved Undertale, so I guess that probably helps, right? Not knowing a whole lot about it, but yeah. uh, we'll see. I I know it's not an extremely long game, so I think I should be able to get through it so I can give like a definitive opinion. Yeah, I've, I hope so, and I'm interested to see how far you get in it before you maybe get bored, because yeah. I, I can definitely <laughs> see that happening. Right. We'll see. For other games, and this is where I kind of start getting into my backlog more or less, uh, I'm getting back into Assassin's Creed Valhalla. One, because the expansion's coming out in April, I think something of the Druids. And I'm I, I'm kind of back into Assassin's Creed again. I'm enjoying my time with it. Uh, they've come out with a lot of updates that ma- that make the game a little bit easier to play. And you know make you want to continue returning like my base is now something that's a lot more advanced and evolving like and one thing i'm not doing is getting caught up in all the side stories i'm just really focusing on the main missions because if you if you're a person that wants to complete every single little thing you're going to find yourself spending a lot of time in this game that maybe you don't want to or you're going to find yourself getting burned out by it so I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla and I admit it's a good game. Like I'm having fun with it and I want to continue it. It's just a matter of, again, 
you know, Ubisoft is just making kind of the same game over and over again. These open worlds, you know, but it's kind of the same thing where you either have a Watchdog skin over it or an Assassin's Creed skin over it. Yep. And while that's not necessarily a bad thing, both people have their tastes in that. Um, you know, I I really hope that they kind of change up their pace just because it's not it's not for everybody uh stories like god of war and stories like last of us and stories like halo you know the thing where you can kind of play for 10 hours and not have to put 40 plus into is something that i think a lot of people are really wanting and really wanting to play just because it doesn't require all of their time to play it's something where you can play this 10 hour story over a week and also play apex or call of duty with your friends yeah I still have Watch Dogs and Assassin's Creed sitting over on the shelf <laughs> that I got for Christmas <laughs> that I still haven't even broken into. I'm like still trying to get through this gigantic backlog just like yours, but like I'm still finding that I started Diablo, I started Bioshock, like games I've already beaten multiple yeah. times. So I do need to do the same thing and just kind of focus in and try to finish some of these. But especially those games, Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs, if you stop playing them for an extended period of time it's like almost impossible to get back into them especially like the new watchdogs jumping back into that i don't even remember how to play that game anymore and like i wouldn't want to start over yeah um and that i actually found assassin's creed valhalla to be pretty easy to get back into they don't really give you a recap of what you've done of course right but i you know it's it's a world that you can kind of fall into and the next objective you want to do is pretty much like it's highlighted on the map so yeah. go there and start getting invested in it so i found it actually pretty easy to jump right back into okay cool i didn't play anything else besides that did you no i i really didn't um you know it's we're coming into a big week here where yeah. i'm going to be playing monster hunter rise Balan Wonderworld, uh, it takes two comes yep. out on Friday, and that I'm telling you guys get get that game. I, mm-hmm. I'm so excited for it. It's it's kind of ridiculous how excited I am for a two player co op game, <laughs> but it it looks like a lot of fun, and I, I I loved a way out because of the the two player aspect to it. So I think I'm gonna like this too. Yeah, and I'm also getting a VR system, much like you. I am going yep. to be getting the Oculus Quest too. So. You know, my review of Beat Saber is going to be coming out and just VR in general. I'm super excited to jump into this space and I have more consoles than I know what to do with. <laughs> yep. Uh, I've, you can't say Craig and I don't have a piece of everything in gaming because it's true. we literally have access to every single console so far, except, you know, some Soldier Boy console, which, you know, <laughs> I, I, didn't, I didn't get in on that one early enough. No, we probably should have. <laughs> But uh, I'm excited for it, and you know, I expect a lot more games to be played in the later weeks. Craig and I talked about it, where I'm kind of, I really like Apex, but maybe I need to stop playing it almost every night because, mm-hmm. you know, getting burned out from a game is real, and it's yep. the same way with Assassin's Creed or any other game you play a hundred hours into, where you you're playing it for so long and by the time that you're still playing it a new game comes out that you want to try and play and you play that when it comes out maybe that's why i liked i liked hitman a lot just because it was small missions you can beat it you could beat the game in really under 10 hours and then Mm -hmm. you're done you don't have to continue you can continue to visit it if you want but it's not something that you have to do which is something i appreciate yeah yeah we got starting to hit hit where we uh, get some games coming out finally. So maybe that'll break me off Apex for a bit. Yeah, one thing. Go ahead. Yeah, and then one thing, two things I just did want to mention. One, the Mario 35th anniversary, the three-game bundle pack, is actually going to stop being, like, made March 31st. So if you have any interest in that game at all, you really just should buy it. Yep. Like buy it before people start, you know, before the game goes out and people can't find it and you end up having to pay a scalpers fee for it, which if you're familiar with scalpers right now, which everybody <laughs> kind of is, if you're looking for a next gen system, yep. you you want to be ahead of it, not behind it. So we we see what happens there. It's pretty easy to find right now, too. I think almost everywhere has the three game collection. So, yeah, just pick it up now. 
it'll trust me it'll save you some money yep and then on top of that too the playstation at home initiative and i just saw a trailer for it and i just thought i should mention it if you're looking for games to play and haven't played something like the original ratchet and clank or the remaster is free with Mm -hmm. ps plus and this is part of the play at home initiative that they have horizon zero dawn is still free i also found out the witness which is an excellent puzzle game that i really enjoyed is also free so if you're on playstation this is a perfect time for you to get some take advantage of these free games because once they aren't free you can't like download them anymore so get even if you don't plan on playing them right away play them while you you know download it while you still can and try to remind yourself to do so because it'll it's going to be games that you're going to be able to play later and the witness if you want something that kind of challenges you in your mind like the witness is really good but don't play it if you want it to be calming because it's frustrating as heck <laughs> it's it's rewarding yeah and ratchet and clank's really good too super good yeah yeah so then we're gonna go ahead and get into movies this week which we are we are at the precipice of comic books right now <laughs> yeah we are from from everybody talking about it so what do you think we should talk about? Should we talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier or Justice League? Um, we could do Falcon and Winter Soldier first. That won't take as long, I don't think. Yeah, it definitely won't. Right. So with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, this first episode is really meant to kind of set up like the the whole atmosphere they're going for. It does open up with a huge action sequence, which for a TV show, I'm like I'm really surprised at the money that yep. Disney is putting into this because the action scene was really good. It was it was impressive actually that it's all that action for, you know, a TV type show, you usually only see it in movies. That wasn't a TV show action scene. That was a straight up Marvel movie action scene at the beginning, 100%. Yeah, yeah and right now like I'm more interested in where the Falcon is going mm-hmm. where for me, like I get Bucky, but Bucky, you know, he he's kind of a, a boring character in a lot of ways. And you can see it in this show where, you know, you're pretty much just following Bucky around with, you know, first he kind of mentions to his therapist how he's been handling his nightmares and how he continues to have them. And like, you know, he goes out with a girl and then ditches her five minutes in. Yep. To, to, yep. Or, you know, it's not five minutes, but five minutes into the show, they were already ditched, which I really would have liked to seen this kind of different side of Bucky, someone who's trying to be more of a normal person, considering all the brainwashing and the cybotic, you know, cyborg army has. Mm-hmm. But and I hate that you can see trailers for the TV show right now, because I think it's kind of spoiling a little bit of what the of what it's going to go into, because these ads are like, that's why I don't watch them. <laughs> and i'm not trying to yep. actually like there are ads on youtube for it and there's mm-hmm. ads on tv for falcon and the winter soldier which is not something i really saw with wandavision so i'm kind of surprised that they're they're pushing this as hard as they are because of the success of wandavision but wandavision really did not get the same treatment as yeah. this as this show did i mean this is more of the traditional marvel experience so i think they're pushing it a little bit harder um, I don't know if they thought maybe WandaVision wouldn't be as big of a hit as it is. Um, Winter Soldier's like, he's one of my favorite characters. Um, so I'm glad, like, I'm happy to see him in a show. I, I'm liking the his list that he's trying to apologize to all these people of, you know, family members or whatever people he's killed when he was yeah. brainwashed. I think that's pretty cool. I am kind of just waiting for the two of them to get together so the show can take off. And like the first episode is really good. But I knew it was going to feel like a letdown coming off of WandaVision. Um, so, like, regardless of how good it is, it's it still felt like a letdown to me a little bit. Um, and I tried not to look at it that way. But it's just not the same type of show. And, like, I know I'm going to like this show, but I won't be as, like, on the edge of my seat Wednesday and Thursday waiting for Friday for this as I was for WandaVision. And maybe that'll change when we get farther in. Um, but as of right now, I'm like, yeah, this this reminds me of a, a Marvel movie, which is good, but like, I I kind of just want more WandaVision, <laughs> which isn't which isn't going to happen. But you you know it'll get good. It's only what six episodes, so it's not going to take them very long to get into what's actually going on here. Yeah, I I actually wasn't really um, 
I really wasn't upset with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, mm-hmm. and I actually wasn't too disappointed too. Like that action scene in the beginning really kept me engaged the entire time. Yep. And I mentioned before, I really like Falcon as a character. Yeah. It's I'm just interested to see where the rest of this goes. And like I I don't want to say anything yet because ads have kind of shown me what's gonna happen later on in the series. So I'm going to leave my gripes with maybe the comic book storytelling thing mm-hmm. um, before I'll, I'll wait till maybe the next episode to see if they show <laughs> what I'm kind of confused or maybe disappointed in. I will say, like, you know how everybody, including myself, was calling Mephisto in WandaVision yeah. um, at the end of the episode when we get to see this other person in Captain America's suit, basically with his shield Um if they're heading where I hope they're heading with him, it could just be a guy in a suit, right? It could just be yeah. that they're dressing him up. But if they're heading towards a U.S. agent uh, character uh, who is from the comic books, I will, will be really excited. So that's what I'm hoping. That's their angle um, in the comic books. He was somebody who just also took the same serum that Steve did um, and yeah. actually ended up being stronger and faster than Captain America himself. But if they're going down that road, he could be a pretty cool villain um, or at least an antagonist or something, you know, but I don't know if they're doing that. It's hard to tell off of them showing him for what, five seconds, but yeah, it'd be cool if that's what they're doing. How did you feel about that scene particularly? <laughs> like I, I didn't expect them and I thought it was like, I was kind of like pissed, n- not like I-, I was pissed in the sense that like, oh, you're just going to dress Captain. You're just going to dress <laughs> yeah. Captain America as some random dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of, that's kind of nuts considering um, like what Captain America did in, you know, the reality of all of that world. Right. So right. I kind of reacted as to like, wow, that's kind of a punch in the face. To- it is. And also, I mean, not that I blame, you know, Falcon for giving it up, but like you kind of promised Steve that you would take it. Yeah. <laughs> and then just to be like, I don't want this, put it in the Smithsonian. Um, I don't know. Obviously, he's going to take it back, right? Because like we've all seen, even the trailer that I've seen, he's going to have it again. Yeah. Um, I would I've always said that I would prefer that Winter Soldier has it, the shield instead of Falcon. But um, I could go either way. So as long as like there's so many possibilities that they could go with this show and I would be happy with like 99 percent of them. So <laughs> we just wait and see what they're actually going to do. Yeah. All right. So we get we get into the the big stuff now. We're gonna mm-hmm. get into the Snyder cut, which uh, spoiler alert. Just mm-hmm. we're we're gonna go into spoilers, and I get it. It's a four hour movie, and maybe people don't have the time to kind of maybe get an hour out of the way, you know, every day. Yeah. But we're gonna go into spoilers here. So I'm sorry if you haven't watched it yet. Um. But before like spoiler territory, like my impression is that I was so happy and surprised about what this movie did differently than the original justice league. I did not expect as many changes. And if you're thinking like, I I said this out in the podcast as well. I did not think an extra two hours to this movie was going to change much. And I was completely and utterly wrong Mm -hmm. to, to what like they did for this. So before we get into two spoilers, like your kind of overview of it as well. Um, yeah, so four hours is too long to put in the theaters, right? When it originally came out. It's just not yeah. possible. Yeah. Um, but there is enough stuff in this four-hour cut because obviously everything he filmed, he put in. Zack Snyder, right? And it made this four-hour movie. There is a world where you could cut this down to three hours um, and cut out some of the stuff that isn't necessarily needed and still put it in theaters. And if that would have happened, and we know that like the reason Zack Snyder left was personal issues, um, and that's when Joss took over. But um, if they would have stuck with him, if things would have worked out that way and they would have made it to a three-hour movie, this would have been on par with some of these uh, the Avengers movies, I think. Yeah. And I think yeah. DC would be in a completely different space right now with their movies. I think it would be a lot closer of a competition between the two because – this four hour movie was, I thought changed completely changed my opinion on the movie. Cause I didn't hate the original justice league, but I didn't think it was great. But like this version is great, right? Yeah, it's fantastic. 
Yeah, it really is. And you can look at the like the Rotten Tomato um, like meter mm-hmm. for both of those movies is like night and day. Yep. It, it really is. And yep. now we're going to kind of get into more details about the movie. And one, I do like the fact that it's kind of split into these parts. So if you can't watch it in an entire four hour one sitting, which I didn't expect to, but I did. Mm-hmm. Like I got home from work one day and I just sat down and watched the the entire way through. And it was surprisingly it was surprisingly easy mm-hmm. to watch it all the way through without much of a problem. But HBO did a smart thing with making it in parts. Yep. So if you can't pick it up the next day, you can go, oh, I'm at part four or part three or something like that. Yeah, I think and it took me like three sittings. But yeah. even then, like I could have done it in one because I was never bored. Not yeah. one time. So. So kind of with Justice League, and I want to say the biggest improvements are one, the actual superheroes themselves, like Cyborg is instantly a, such a better character in this yep. movie. And it's. I, I look at the original Justice League and I just can't believe the disservice they did to yeah. uh to cyborg and and that character cyborg is a fan favorite especially among young adults now who grew up watching teen titans and i love teen titans mm-hmm. um and cyborg was my favorite character in that thing so it's nice to see him get his due reward it's nice to see the flash have a completely different opening segment yep than than what was shown in the movie and it kind of makes more sense they are bringing these characters more to life which is what it's something that Marvel did, but what they did was they released personal movies for these for all the heroes before they started making Avengers. Yep. DC wanted to have their Avengers thing as fast as possible, so you had to cram Aquaman, The Flash, and Cyborg all into all really into one film where yep. you have to somehow get an attachment to these heroes without really ever having a solo film at all. So uh, like hero wise, I think it's so much better. Yeah. Getting the backstory is super important when you don't have full movies to rely on. Like we all knew what Iron Man was about when we got to Avengers and the Hulk and all that. But like coming off the street as somebody who doesn't know much about superheroes, you would have no idea with the original movie, like what the deal is with Flash or Cyborg at all, because they do like five minute backstories in the original movie. So having them get like their own section, each of them was great. Um I think, too, since these movies are shot so much differently than the Avengers are, like the Avengers are super colorful, um, super yeah. bright. And then DC is just like dark. Um, yeah, this was yeah, this was yeah. a really like dusky yep. movie in a it, lot of ways. It does such a huge service to these movies then to add in like the R rated blood. Right. Like, yeah. I don't know that DC is probably super thrilled that you know, Wonder Woman punched a guy into the wall and his head like pretty much exploded. There was like blood splatter (laughs) behind him, but like it works, right? Batman, you expect there to be blood. There's quite a bit of it in this movie, actually. And I just think it helps, right? It's just more gritty. So you have this contrast, like you have the colorful comic book cartoony Avengers, and then you have the dark, dark DC. And that's the way it's always been. So for them to get those movies right like that, I thought was awesome. Yeah, before we get into the action, one thing I will say is I wasn't the biggest fan of and I get Zack Snyder is this artistic director mm-hmm. and how it shot differently is the. The original Justice League is a full frame shot, so it takes up your entire TV, which is actually really cool. And yeah. if you're somebody that kind of wanted to test, you know, your new 4K TV, it was nice to see a full picture on it where yeah. in this it's shot and in, instead of it being widescreen, I'm trying, I think it's like, I, I don't it's, know it's what the, it's called. It's the it's IMAX like, format, right? Yeah, so when you where, get it on your TV, it's a square. Yeah. It's these mm-hmm. black bars on the left and right instead of on the top and bottom. Yep. And I, I have to say, I do, I did miss the full frame, like and mm-hmm. everything that it did. But, you know, you mentioned how dark this movie is and watching the original Justice League, it is kind of night and day how the effects in the original Justice League are so much brighter and meant to be so much more colorful, where in the Snyder Cut, it is dark and the saturation is like turned down to zero Mm -hmm. on all of his shots. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, quite a bit of a drastic difference. 
The only thing I'm not a fan of with Zack Snyder is his over-reliance on slow-mo. I think he does it a little bit too much. Um, But he's always done that. That's always been his thing. Um, And it wasn't like overly distracting. It's just some of the scenes they were doing it. I'm like, oh, well, this doesn't really need to be in slow-mo. I get you're going for like an effect here, but we can speed it up a little bit and save us 10 minutes, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I I really do think where this movie shines, and I even mentioned it again, like in other previous podcasts, the, the big fight at the end, where Dark's, um, sorry, Steppenwolf actually has a story in this movie too. So the villain is a lot better and his armor is so much cooler. It, I have yeah. to admit, like it's this, it's this type of steel armor that kind of breathes and moves yep. when he's not moving, which I find cool. But how the final fight is so much different is what astounded me the most. Like I couldn't turn away from the TV during the Steppenwolf fight. Yeah, because I didn't expect it to be that different. And I was completely wrong on Mm -hmm. all accounts with that kind of thing. And what that ending does with the flash, I just thought was the coolest thing. Like (laughs) they kind of hinted as to what the flash could do when they revive Superman. Right. But I didn't expect the flash to kind of take it that far. And again, it's, yeah, it's what (laughs) makes the character so much different. It's what, it's what makes you have an attachment to these characters. And it does kind of suck that during the final battle, the flash is pretty much just told to go spin in a circle. Yeah. (laughs) The entire fight while everybody else is doing cool stuff. And I thought it was really funny to how like even all of the things that Josh Whedon change, you know, the the music, you know, isn't nearly as it's more of this angelic symphonic music rather Mm -hmm. than kind of the rock that Josh Whedon put in the original cut. And also how he sort of sticks to all the characters and what he cut, you know, he cut the do you bleed, (laughs) you know, part from part from the movie and i thought that like even i thought that line was awkward and i don't even find too much to complain about movies in the original but you know everything the snyder cut did is superb in the way it was done and superb in every way to the original justice league the only real drawback is that it's four hours yeah it's a long (laughs) time yep yeah i you can't expect anybody to sit through that in one sitting in a movie theater. I'll say, right. Right. Like, you're going to start sweating. Yeah. This is a, uh, this is one of those movies that even though it's on HBO max, like it's going to come out on 4k Blu-ray or whatever. And uh, you know, I'll pick it up and I'll put it on the shelf next to like the extended cut Lord of the Rings. And on the very rare occasion, I'll probably watch through it again, but like, it's not a movie that you're going to watch every month. Right. You may watch yeah. it once a year, maybe once every other year or something, but what I think is super important is I think this firmly puts the DC universe in the hands of Zack Snyder and pretty much gives him unlimited to a certain extent money to go make what he wants to make. And I think we get the next movie, maybe it's three hours, but that's fine. You can do that in theaters and everybody is going to be there now and be excited for it. So I'm glad that DC and Marvel are both in a good spot now. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited for where the Justice League is going to go, and I will spoil this as well. One of the big drops that I thought was just awesome was the Martian Manhunter. Yeah, coming like coming in, I didn't expect that, and I don't know how far they were into the movies where Zack Snyder went. I need this cameo because it, <laughs> nowhere in the original does it allude to Martian Manhunter yeah. being in the movie uh, or being in the original. Now, one thing I did want to ask you, and I thought was kind of strange is how did you feel during like that weird Batman epilogue thing? Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought at first it kind of throws you off because it goes right into you're like, hold on, what's going on here? Why is he with the Joker? Why is he with Deathstroke and everybody like what is going on? And um, and then you find out it was a nightmare. But uh, I think it has to do with um, when Cyborg was holding on to the mother box and he said that like, you know, he, he saw all these different realities, kind of like Dr. Strange did. Um, and yeah. he said like, hey, you know, some of these realities are starting to come into our own. I think maybe that's like, you know, this is a possibility that this could this could be a, another way this could happen or could have happened or something. You know, it could be a glimpse of the future that Batman is getting. But I don't know, because 
I don't think Ben Affleck has really any interest in filming any more movies. I don't know. Maybe he does, but um, I liked this scene. I thought it was cool. I just don't know what purpose it serves other than to get Jared Leto back and give him another chance to make the Joker good. Yeah. And like everybody like was in love with the Joker scene that they did in this movie, which I'm really not one to judge like anybody's performance on it. And I thought for me, that scene was just like, what? Like, what was the point of a five minute scene where Batman and Joker like bicker amongst each other while before, you know, dark Superman decides to come and blow them all up, that kind of thing. So it it was a weird scene for me. And again, you know, you talk about how you could probably cut this movie into three hours and Mm -hmm. probably still keep a decent amount of it being good. Yep, it was. It, it was a weird scene just in yeah. general. And I, th- that was like the one part of the movie where I was like, oh, like this is kind of a, a weird way to end things. If they were to go down that route and make a movie out of, you know, going against a dark Superman with that cast, right? Batman and a bunch of villains. Like I would be so on board with that. I think that would be such a cool movie. Um, it would be like super dark, super gritty, super over the top, bloody and just awesome. Um, I'm okay with that. So if that's what they're heading towards, cool. But again, if that's, if they only did it just to be like, well, this is one of the ways it could have happened, then we didn't need it, but hopefully they're setting up for something. Yeah. But you know, overall, you know, just general impressions from us. If you, if if you haven't like kind of figured it out yet, we love the Snyder cut Mm -hmm. and everybody's been saying, you know, long live the Snyder cut dead to the Whedon or dead to the original, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for Josh, Josh Whedon, if I'm being honest, because a lot of people are like threatening and yelling at him for what he did to justice league or what could have been justice league. But right. I think a lot of people just need to calm down. We, <laughs> just we got, enjoy the we, Snyder cut. Yeah. We got the Snyder cut. There's no need to start going after other people. And, you know, it was the same thing. And I know it's not video game or movie related. It's the same thing that happened with, you know, the, the Ohio state basketball player mm-hmm. and what happened over the weekend with March madness. Just you, you, why, why attack people? What's the point of attacking someone on, on social media? I, I just don't right. get it. Yeah. But agreed, you know, you know, it's both these, both these, movies and the tv show falcon and the winter soldier are worth your time for yep. sure you should be watching them yep 100 percent. do you end up watching anything else this weekend nope just those two that was that took up a lot <laughs> well yeah I'd, i i actually i mean i'm kind of surprised we talked about the justice just league as much but it's a four-hour movie so i guess yep. it deserves um what it gets there if i have anything like i'm just trying to think if there's anything really else to say about justice league like wonder woman doesn't get as much screen time of course because like she gets a few new added scenes and they kind of they they, she ends up being the one that changes and you know the sneak peek at i think his name is dark seed or dark side right? dark side yeah Mm -hmm. so it's set up for a sequel and i'm interested to see whether or not um dc decides that you know Zack snyder needs to be the one to make this yeah and we do get a lot of lore for for the upcoming stuff, and I just really hope that one the Flash movie ends up being good. Um, it just kind of sucks to see that we're pro like me personally. I don't think we're gonna see Mira anymore, or at least right. the Mira that Amber Heard is playing because of everything going on with her and Johnny Depp and the domestic abuse. We're probably not gonna see Ben Affleck again in Batman. Right. That's most likely not going to be Robert Pattinson, and. You know, it just sucks that DC didn't have the foresight to kind of maybe want to keep their characters happy. Yep. Because I, you know, I still don't actually know if Henry Cavill is going to come back as Superman. I think they said he would. Yeah. But I don't. You're everybody has fallen in love with this movie, and I really don't see how in the future you're going to have to replace Batman. Mira, if she ends up being a major character in any of these movies like you have good in Jason Momoa you yep. have good in uh, what is his name for the flash i oh. want to feel like his name is isn't it Ezra Ezra Miller yeah, yeah Ezra Miller yep. like those two characters i'm really into but like and Gal Gadot of course mm-hmm. but the other two parts of like two major anchors for the justice league nobody has a clue of what's going to happen after that yep so enjoy the moment cuz i don't know how long it's going to last <laughs> that's true but 
with that, that's the end of the podcast. Hopefully, you know, people don't mind us rambling on for the Snyder Cut for almost 15, 20 minutes. But, you know, that it's our podcast and we do what we want. And we hope that um, you come back if you didn't watch the movie yet and uh, listen to our spoiler talk for it. So, again... Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening to the podcast. And if you liked it, please share it with your friends. We appreciate any support we get. If you're interested in following us on any of our social medias, we have a Twitch, we have a Twitter, we have a Facebook, and we have an Instagram. And we have a we have a site called High Sensitivity Gaming. And if you're interested in emailing us with any questions, you can email us on the site or at highsensitivitypodcast at gmail.com. So with that, my name's Barry with my co-host Craig here, and we will see you guys next time. See you later.